Welcome to that Groovy Scoopcast, your go-to audio hub for all things Scooby-Doo. My name's Derek. And I'm Shannon. And we're coming to you live from Honeydale. There's bees up there. Thank you for joining us today, guys. Today we are going to be watching two episodes from the new Scooby-Doo and Scrappy-Doo show, or the new Scooby-Doo Mysteries. We're going to be reviewing Mission Undoable and The B-Team. Shannon, overall thoughts on these episodes? I hated them. As did I. (laughs) They just... Is the audience surprised? No. No? No. At this point, I feel like you guys just tune in to hear us shit talk Scooby-Doo. So, welcome. Yes. Welcome to That Groovy Scoopcast, the go-to shit-talking podcast for all things (laughs) Scooby-Doo. My name's Derek. (laughs) Um, Before we start the shit-talking, we are going to kick off the Mystery Machine Match, our weekly trivia competition where Shannon and I try to figure out which one of us knows Scooby-Doo better than the other. Last week, we tied 9 to 9. And today, we will figure out if we're going to remain tied or if one of us is going to take the lead. Are you feeling good about this week, Derek? I haven't read the questions, so I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But speaking of questions, as always, Shannon, you get to ask yours first. This one's stupid. Oh, I hope it's easy, too. It is! If you get it wrong, (laughs) like, you have to quit your whole life. I'm going to be quitting the podcast, guys. How many children does Scooby-Doo have? He doesn't have children. Correct. (laughs) <laughs> Yay! It was so fucking stupid. <laughs> oh, no. Is that hard? Of course it's going to be fucking hard. We did not filter these cards today, guys. So, I mean, Switch with me right now. <laughs> here's your first question. In what Pacific Northwest city does Scooby... <laughs> I'm already pissed. <laughs> In what Pacific Northwest city does Scooby-Doo and the gang meet demons who live underground? Every city! Pacific Northwest. I don't fucking know. Is it, um, Seattle? Yeah. Yep, you're right. Woohoo! Good guess. (laughs) What's your next question for me? What kind of store does Velma own? In Scooby-Doo on the Zombie Island. She is running a bookstore. Correct! Here's your next question. What Star Wars hero did the voice of Steve, one of the villains of Scooby-Doo and the Alien Invaders? The only people that I know from Star Wars are Han Solo and Darth Vader. But I know Harrison Ford played somebody. That's all I know. I know nothing. I don't, I don't, I've never seen Star Wars in my life. Mark Hamill. Oh, he officiated Sheldon's wedding and Big Bang Theory. He's done lots of things, Shannon. <laughs> <laughs> Congrats. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it was Mark Hamill. Okay. What's your next question for me? What type of monsters threaten to rule the Earth for 10,000 years in Scooby-Doo movie Demons or Vampires? Demons. Correct. Yay. Here is your last question. In A Night of Fright is No Delight, the inheritance Scooby-Doo receives turns out to be what? What's the episode again? Um, A Night of Fright is No Delight. If it helps, this is the same episode that was used for... um, uh, the, the Scooby Natural crossover. I don't know if they actually revealed what the money was in that episode, but... So the so I have to know the amount of the inheritance? No, it just turns out that the inheritance is what? Oh, it was something weird. Because um, didn't they make it sound like it was going to be money, and then it was like... Okay, it was money, but it's also worthless in a way. Canadian money? Confederate money. Oh, I was close. It started with a C. Yes. Except Canadians and the (laughs) Confederate states are very different things. (laughs) So it looks like based on the luck of easy questions on my part, I get the lead today. Getting all three of my questions correct. Shannon got one. 
bring our totals to 12 and 10. This is also the first time this season that either of us have gotten all three questions right. Oh, yeah, you're right. So, like, congrats. I feel so special, even though those questions were super easy. (laughs) I could have gotten those questions. Yes, you could have. That says something. Yes, it does. (laughs) Okay, we will now move on to our review of Mission Undoable. Are you ready, Derek? I'm not. (laughs) I sure am not. The premise for Mission Undoable is coming from Scoobypedia today. The undoable mission team, under the lead of Agent Do, set out to nab the no-good crook mastermind. It seems he hired some technicians to build a transponder beam in the Statue of Liberty. This will allow him to control the world if the team can't stop him. Yeah, it was stupid. I just want to know what secret organization the gang is now working for. Yeah, because they're spies. Right. Because, like... In the past episodes we've watched from this series, they're like their own detective agency. They don't work for anybody. Yeah. But in this one, they clearly are getting their information from someone. Scrappy was narrating this episode. Didn't he narrate the other episode, too? I think so. So maybe that's like a thing that this season does? I don't know, because they haven't done it in the past, I don't think. I don't know. I don't remember Scrappy narrating before. I mean, I don't have, like, I don't remember, but Scrappy called Scooby-Doo Agent Do and said that he was the top dog in their group. Yes. They are in the middle of the city. They're all wearing trench coats and sunglasses and hats. Yeah, they look like flashers. I like that they're, like, trying to look, like, inconspicuous while also driving the mystery machine. Yeah. (laughs) Of all vehicles. So they stop, and Scooby gets out of the mystery machine. And, like, as he's walking, because he's looking at this fire hydrant. And he, like, hides behind a pole. And, like, becomes the pole. It's kind of like when Shaggy orchestrated his wizardry in the the Switch to Witch episode. Yeah. The fire hydrant has a, like, secret screen inside. He, like, Scooby, like, twisted the knob on the side of it. And it just activated this, like, secret mission information for him. So I want all of you to go find the nearest fire hydrant and just try to turn it. And let's, let's see if any of us have a secret mission we need to complete. Or just, you know, starts getting the water to blow out of it. You know, either way. Either way, fun. I like that while Scooby was talking to it, like, Daphne can hear it from the van. Yeah. Like, she knew, like, when the conversation was over, and then it closed, and it was like, this is going to self-destruct in five seconds. It's like, I'd be terrified if fire hydrants are just suddenly exploding all over the city like this. (laughs) Yeah, so they're like, you know, this will explode in five seconds. So it did end up blowing up and killing Scooby-Doo. Um, yeah, yep, so Scooby-Doo's dead. Uh, <laughs> we will never see him again. But we did learn some information from the, the fire hydrant transmission, I guess. Uh, so their villain today is the Mastermind. He is wanting to use a transponder beam, which I had no idea what that meant no. until they went into explanation. It would allow him to control all the satellites all over the world. And uh, he is evidently building it near the Statue of Liberty. And that's pretty much it that's what they have Mm -hmm. to stop so they decide to go over to liberty island and kind of get like a tour of the place like they're disguised as tourists um so we meet cecil (laughs) wait wait wait. so they they tell him that they have to blend in yes and scooby decides to dress like he's going to hawaii yeah okay not looking at all suspicious and then like falls down like a hill well you're getting ahead of yourself because we meet cecil their tour guide and Who's, also the villain. Yeah, he's the villain. Um, that's actually what I verbally said, like, the first yeah. watch. <laughs> like, right not at- knowing that he was, and it just turns out he was. Well, yeah, Derek goes, that's the villain. And then after we meet C- Cecil, and they're telling, like, everybody to blend in. And for some reason, Shaggy turns around and he's like, yeah, Scooby, blend in. And so Scooby starts acting like an idiot, falls down a hill, and, like, runs into this janitor. To which I verbally say, that's a cop. Yes. And and we were both right. We were both right, <laughs> yes. Um, that undercover cop has a temper. He's pissed he all the time. He is very pissed. Uh, this man is not having any of their shit. He is identifying them as suspicious kids when he's talking to somebody on a walkie-talkie. There's a gang of suspicious-looking kids. Yes. And, I mean, to be fair, they have two dogs that talk. Yeah. So I would also be suspicious. I mean, that yes, that is a bit suspicious. So 
they apparently went around the entire island looking for clues and everything like that, and they weren't able to find anything. So they meet up, like, right in front of the Statue of Liberty. Daphne and Scrappy decide to go up, while Scooby and Shaggy decide to continue looking on the ground because... They're afraid of heights. They don't do heights. They just I feel it. They do find, however, a pizza parlor. They immediately go over to it. Of course. And we see this woman. She was in the group when they were getting off of the boat. She's wearing, like, a fancy fur coat and a pearl necklace. I'm like, this is not clothes that you wear to go to the Statue of Liberty, in my opinion. But I don't know. I mean... That wouldn't be my fashion choice. Personally, no. The only time that I would wear that is if I was, like, going to meet with my secret organization. Which... She was. She was, so... Yes. She had the most obnoxious voice. I hated it. Like, I feel like it was a person pretending to be a human. Mm-hmm. And it just sounded awful. Scooby and Shaggy are standing behind them, and she goes and orders a pepperoni and peanut butter pizza with a triple scoop of chocolate fudge ice cream. So, I don't think Scooby and Shaggy actually saw this happen, But when she says this, the two men who are standing behind the counter, like, pull a lever. Mm -hmm. And she goes down down into a trap door. So Scooby and Shaggy now come up to the counter, not having seen what happened. And Scooby incidentally orders the exact same thing. Well, and before Scooby and Shaggy came up, the two men behind the counter said, Oh, what, like, a great... Uh, password to have because no one ever orders that. Right. Yeah, because I mean, no no person in their right mind would ask for something like that. And just in case you guys were curious, that is going on the possible list for us to eat at the end of this season. I hope we don't have to eat it. Because <laughs> I know that's what you guys are thinking. So don't worry. It's on the list. We might be eating it. Uh, moving on. (laughs) (laughs) So Scooby and Shaggy do incidentally go through the trap door. And I don't know if it was maybe just a copy of the episode we were watching or if it like actually does happen in the episode. But when Scooby orders the pizza, the guy who's pulling the lever is like super confused, like thinking that they're not part of this, but they're like, he did order it. Like that is the password. So, but when he said like, oh, okay. I don't, like I said, I don't know if it's just our copy of the episode we watched, but his voice glitched a little bit, and he sounded like a robot. Yeah. I, cause, but the thing is, the entire, like, previous scene where he's been around, they don't either, neither of them sound like robots. So, I, like, had to do a double take. Like, wait a minute. Are they robotic? Are they droids? Are like droids. the other droids. Well, droids. yeah. Yeah, there's droids elsewhere in the episode, but they weren't disguised like humans like these ones. Yeah, are, maybe. Evidently. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I also had a question, because... The pizza stand is on the ground level. Yes. And it's in the torch that the, that the transponder beam is in. I'm just going to spoil it for everybody. So they get dropped down below ground level and somehow end up, like, in the head or torch area. No, they didn't. No, the, the headquarters are all underground. Oh, so then they took, like, an... Oh, yeah, because they did take that elevator yes, thing. Yes, they had an elevator. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, because that takes them, I think, to the top, to the head. Yeah. And then they have to go up the stairs to get into the torch. Yeah. But, yeah, now they're in the secret headquarters. We do see the woman that we saw a moment ago with a bunch of other people. And the mastermind kind of comes on the screen, and he mistakes Shaggy and Scooby as technicians who are there to fix the transponder beam. I want to know where he is hiring these tra- these technicians from and why they specialize in transponder beams. I just, I have, like, a canon where, like, he just put it in the newspaper. <laughs> like in the classifieds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, the entire time that he is goading Shaggy and Scooby to go and fix it, there's also this droid that's standing by them that's just shooting lasers at yeah, them. Yeah, like, just shooting at them. And it's just like, hey, dude. Shut the fuck up. Like, just stop. Leave them alone. Yeah. <laughs> just stop. They literally just wanted pizza. Right. That's all he wanted. And, yeah, now they're having to fix this transponder beam, which is another thing. They're supposed to fix this beam, but we never see it gets fixed. We never see it broken. I have questions. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Daphne and Scrappy, they go up to the head of the statue. They see Cecil coming out of the arm like the torch door. Because yeah. Daphne's like, I wonder if we can go up and up into the arm and into the torch. So Cecil's coming out and Daphne's like, Oh, are we able to go up there? And he says, No, it's off limits. To everyone. To everyone. And then he like locks the door and goes on his way. 
And Daphne's like, well, then why was he up there? And it's like, he works there. He works there. Daphne, leave him alone. He is just doing his job. Daphne, and trying to take over the planet. But you know what? I have found that Daphne in this series is the most entitled Daphne. Yeah. Because this bitch also is the one that when they went to Norway to solve the mystery of those barbarians and shit, like she just walked into that missing professor's uh she office did. or something and then the guy came in and she's like who are you yeah, like why are like, you here i'm daphne, like why are bitch you why are there? you here yeah daphne's an ass in this series so she and scrappy decide to go back down to the ground and when they come out they also spot the pizza parlor so daphne's like hmm i wonder if scooby and shaggy went that way so mm-hmm. they start to go that way and they pass the undercover cop groundskeeper janitor person yeah so he also calls up whoever he's calling up and he's just like i think they're on to something the thing is at the end he says that he was calling for backup or whatever but like he never called for backup we don't ever see a different cop or no, anybody it was I don't just think. him and he's well no you know what we did see cops like bringing people to their cars or boats or whatever I but guess. like otherwise no we don't ever see anybody else like coming to the island like, they've been here for an hour. If you were calling for backup, backup would have been here by now. I also like that this man is not seeing, like, a bunch of people get off of the boat onto the island and then not spotting them dropping into these trap doors. Right. I'm just like, so what the heck is just going on? I don't know what he's doing to where he's not cops noticing Cops are this. never good cops when it comes to Scooby-Doo. No, they are not. So... Now we cut back to Scooby and Shaggy. They are with the droid that was shooting lasers at them. He is leading them to the transponder beam. And he has given them a bunch of supplies that they have to use in order to fix it. And they promptly drop it right off the... The the ledge of the head. Yeah. (laughs) It's just like, oops. But the droid doesn't respond. And they never actually... It's this way. Yeah, right. They don't actually ever fix the beam. So, like, I guess none of that ever mattered at all. I also like that they walk outside drop the shit, and then he's like, oh, the transponder beam is inside. And then this is like, so where did you go outside? What we also missed is the fact that Daphne and Scrappy are now in the headquarters. Well, they passed Daphne and Scrappy no, to go into the elevator. Them. Yeah, they, like, just missed them. Yeah. But, like, what was funny was that Scrappy had said, like, when they fell through the trap door, was like, I just asked if anybody had ordered, like, da-da-da pizza. Yes. Yeah, and it incidentally was, like, spot on. That's what Scooby's regular pizza order is. That's horrible. That's very sad. Peanut butter on pizza with, with ice three cream. scoops of chocolate fudge ice cream. It sounds awful. It sounds disgusting. So the robot's being a dick. Yes, and Scooby and Shaggy discover that their heads are, like, appearing on the screen. Yeah. And everything like that. So they, like, just start goofing around with it, and the droid's like, what the fuck are you doing? And they decide to trick him into thinking that he can go on to Broadway and be a star. Yeah, you could be a star. They break out into song. I hated it. Which I promptly knew all the lyrics to because this song is on the Scooby-Doo Snack Tracks CD. I used to listen to it nonstop as a kid. I hate that. And while that song was not one of my favorite songs on the soundtrack, especially because I didn't get the context, I knew all the lyrics. You can be the best. You can be a star. I literally wrote down, this song is dumb. Dot, dot, dot. So dumb. But the droid got into it. I feel like they taught him to love and to have a dream. And then they promptly destroyed that dream. Left him. Because Daphne and Scrappy accidentally, like, tune into like, the transmission of them dancing and singing. Yeah. Because... I don't really know how none of the other spies that are in this building didn't see them. Also, Daphne knows how to work this system flawlessly. I think Daphne is a secret agent. Yeah. She's she's, a double agent. She's a double agent. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And then the mastermind also sees the transmission. And he's just like, stop them. So he sends, like, droids to go and attack Shaggy and Scooby. So Shaggy and Scooby, like, immediately abandon the one droid. And the droid's just like, but wait! What about our finish? And then Shaggy's like, have your agent call us. <laughs> but, like, the droid was so heartbroken. He was. That was a really sad moment. I was so sad for him. Yeah. Very sad for the man. The droid. Didn't care. <laughs> so the other droids, identical to that one droid, are chasing Shaggy and Scooby in a straight line. They run past Daphne and Scrappy. And Scrappy's like, you get him, Uncle Scooby. And I'm just thinking, yes, let's just stand on the sidelines and not help. 
We've seen that these droids shoot lasers yeah. at people, and there's like five of them chasing Shaggy and Scooby. And not one of them shoots a bullet. No, they don't. They don't shoot a laser or anything like that at them. So maybe it was only Mr. Droid that could shoot the bullet. Well, Scooby and Shaggy, like, they ran up to a wall and then, like, separated, and then all the robots just crashed into the wall, and the problem was instantly solved. Yeah. This is when Daphne discovers a sacred cord because the mastermind's now appearing on the screen and just screaming at him. There's just a cord like laying in the middle of the floor. So she follows that, which leads them to the Wizard of Oz. I, I, I mean, I'm sorry, Cecil. It was a very Wizard of Oz-esque moment. He's just like, pay no attention, blah, blah, to blah. To the band behind the curtain. Exactly. Yeah. Um, it does turn out that the mastermind is Cecil. Holy shit, really? Whoa. And, uh... They decide to pursue Cecil because he's still going to use his transponder beam and rule the world. It's like because so, it's not broken. Because it wasn't broken, right? So they decide to chase him. He runs into the door, the locked door that we saw before that goes up into the torch. Yeah, and he locks it behind him so they can't get in. They run up to the head and they're like, "Ah, shoot, we can't get up there." And Cecil's up at the torch, like, "Ha ha! Like you can't get me." And the thing is. This whole time, because this whole scene and this whole little shebang happens for, like, a good three minutes, Cecil could have, like, done what he needed to do. He just had to hop in his seat and and start doing whatever a transponder beam does. I mean. So, um, like. (laughs) But he waited. He waited for them to be polite. Because plot. Yeah. Scrappy uses, like, a trapeze rope to try and get like an attachment to the torch aside from having to go through the door. And it did work. He had a hook on one end. It hooked onto the torch. He just, he's a puppy. He didn't know. To tie his knots correctly. Yeah. Because Scooby hops on and he's going up there reluctantly, of course. Yeah. And um, I just wrote antics ensue with psycho music in the background, (laughs) by the way. So the psycho music starts playing. Basically, Shag, like, so Scooby goes to climb up and then the rope like falls off and yeah, so it, comes then, on, it comes loose, and now Scooby's just swinging for his life. So Shaggy tries to grab him to save him, yes. and is holding on with his feet, and then he starts to fall off. And instead of helping, Daphne and Scrappy walk away. <laughs> yes, yeah, so now Scooby and Shaggy are just swinging, dangling for their lives, while Daphne is now just picking the lock to the torch door, which I feel like she just should have done anyway. Yeah, in the very beginning. Because she has done this many times. Yeah. She always succeeds at it. Like, why isn't that just your go-to thing? Like, Mm -hmm. go pick that lock, you double agent. (laughs) (laughs) And Um. then, uh, but so, somehow I think, like, Scooby's feet were in the Statue of Liberty's nose. Yes. Shaggy told him to get his feet out of her nose. Yes. And so then... Okay, so the we know the layout of this thing is that the, the transponder beam is in the torch. And there's only one door in the torch. So that means that Daphne and Scrappy both ran past Cecil and the transponder beam, walked out the door, saved Scooby and Shaggy, and then got confused as to why Cecil shut the door, and locked them out. Because they ran right past him. Like, they had to have. Because, yeah, they save, or they're, like, watching Shaggy and Scooby dangle for their lives, and then Cecil just shuts the door and locks it, and Daphne is just like, Mastermind, you open up! What? Like, yeah, doesn't make any sense. It was so stupid. And Scooby's foot comes loose from the nose, and Scooby and Shaggy kind of, like, slingshot. Yeah. Because physics. I guess. And they go, I guess, I don't know if they went, like, through the door or through a window or something. They crash into the transponder beam and instantly destroy it because it's just piss poorly put together. Hey, you know what? It wasn't broken then, but it's broken now. (laughs) We're your technicians, Cecil. (laughs) (laughs) And I also noted that when they destroyed it, Cecil's like, oh, no. And then he, like, just sits there and grabs his head. Like, he puts both of his hands, like, just on his head. Like, that's a coping mechanism for when he's stressed. I don't know know what to call it. So, Scrappy, continuing his narration of the story now, because we really haven't talked about it, because it's just not important, in my opinion. Um, But he does say that all the secret spies and Cecil and everybody are going upriver. And it's like, great. Happy for him. And, yeah, we do learn definitively that the the groundskeeper man was an undercover cop, because Scooby-Doo. And they end up finishing that song with the droid. 
the droid yeah. comes down and joins them, and he's just like, okay, so what about our song? And they hop into song, and they finish and it. And they do it. Yep. It was stupid. I'm glad that they just didn't leave him in the Statue of Liberty with his heart broken. Like, he had dreams. The droid had dreams. He's a robot. He had dreams. What did you give this episode on the Scooby Snack Meter? I gave it a two. Okay. I hated it. I gave it a three. I hated it. I don't like the secret spy angle that this episode is going for. It just is so different than everything else in this series. And, like, they do a secret spy thing, but they immediately ditch it. Right. It didn't come off like they were doing any kind of, like, secret spy work. Yeah. Except for the transmission through the fire hydrant. Yeah. But aside from that, like, the spy thing didn't really play a huge role at all. So, like, why was it even there? Yeah. Um, there wasn't really even a mystery either. Like, they didn't have any clues as to who the mastermind was. It's just, oh, it's Cecil. And it's like, okay. All right. It's fucking obvious from the start, but. <laughs> but sure. Scooby-Doo. Uh, yeah, I gave it a three, though. I I enjoyed it less than what we watched last week overall. I, I guess. I guess. So, yeah. That was Mission Undoable. We'll move on to the counterpart episode of this duo being the B-Team. This premise is also coming from Scoobypedia. Mr. Do and the B-Team are hired by Nathan Singer, owner of Bee in Your Bonnet Honey Farm. It seems giant renegade bees have been invading his farm and stealing his hives and honey. But what is wrong with this strange-tasting honey, and why do they want it? Can I spoil it? What's wrong with this honey? It's experimental rocket fuel for NASA. Like, what the <laughs> fuck, NASA? <laughs> I don't know what's going on at all. <laughs> We watched this episode a total of four times, guys. Like, like, okay, a lot of personal things have been going on in our lives this last week, and we just have not had the time to watch this episode and do our notes, so we just have to keep re-watching it because <laughs> we hate ourselves. And every time I watch it, I learn something new yeah. because I just don't know what the fuck is going on. Like, I must have completely missed the NASA part the first time we watched it. We watched this four times, yeah. and I didn't hear the NASA thing until the fourth watch. <laughs> I'm genuinely trying to pay attention. I just can't. And it's also because, like, they give out information, like, so quickly. So, because it's, like, nine things will happen, and then nothing will happen for a good, like, five minutes. And then another, like, 20 things will happen really quickly. Mm -hmm. And so you're like, "Uh, okay. Well, the first time, I didn't even realize that um, Nathan Stinger wasn't the villain. Yeah. Like... (laughs) I thought he was, because then I had to leave early that night. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. like, we didn't even finish the episode. So I'm like, okay, so Nathan Stinger Is was a villain? Jonathan Johnson yeah. and just hired the gang to solve his own crime. But then we learn who the real villains are, and then I'm like... But that doesn't make any sense either. (laughs) Like, none of this is at all coherent. None of this makes sense. I'm so frustrated. So we'll get right into it. Yeah. So the first thing we see is a... A flying car. Flying car. The (laughs) Z-Team and Mr. BLT. (laughs) Which, if you're concerned, it's okay. It has nothing to do with this episode. (laughs) I guess this is a TV show... Like, in their universe, it's supposed to spoof off of the A-Team. And um, Scooby and Scrappy really like this show. They're watching it on the TV in the back of the mystery machine. And the villain in the show is, like, stealing a flying car from the Z-Team. And And then Mr. BLT shows up. He stops the man by, like, just reaching up into the sky and grabs (laughs) grabs the car. (laughs) And there's, like, grabs the man. I didn't, like... He says... I pity the spy that messes with me and then takes a bite of a BLT. I was so fucking upset because I also didn't see that until the fourth no, watch. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, but why? <laughs> yeah, he like just arrests the villain and then suddenly has a BLT <laughs> in his back pocket. He's like, um, <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> so Scooby is now referring to himself or, well, I guess Scrappy's also mostly referring to him as Mr. Do. Yeah. So we have Agent Do in the first episode, and in this Mr. episode, he's Mr. Do. Yeah. And it's 
not funny either way. I, I hate it no matter what, so. I hate it more in this episode because they have him spoofing Mr. BLT's look with the wig. Which I think Mr. BLT is supposed to be Mr. T. Well, yeah, obviously. Yeah. So it's just like Mr. BLT is a spoof of Mr. T. And Scooby's spoofing the spoof. Yeah. So, like, there's just a lot of spoofs going on. And, and I, I and hate I hate it. it. <laughs> so we find out that Nathan Stinger hired the gang. Because his experimental rocket fuel is going missing. Well, they don't know that it's experimental rocket fuel. So no, let's back up. Honey. Yeah, let's back up for one second. So, for some reason, Scooby ends up like flying into the front of the mystery machine. Shaggy's like, "Oh, I'm trying to navigate Scooby. Like, quit goofing around." And he's like, "Where are we going?" That's the only time we see Shaggy ever like serious. By or the way, or be productive. Yeah. yeah, I know. Debbie's like, "We're going to the Bee in Your Bonnet Honey Farm in Honeydale." I'm like, "That's a lot of words." I hate that. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I guess Mr. Stinger has hired them because giant killer bees are just all over the place. Yep. I want to know how many people that they've killed. I don't know. I really want to know. They are driving into Honeydale, and we see a sign. So, 72 people. Oh, wait. Because I liked the, the Scooby packaging himself up. Oh, go for that then. So, Scooby gets really afraid because apparently he's afraid of bees. So he packages himself up into, like, a Christmas gift and then, like, sticks his arm out and slaps a tag on it that says, don't open until Christmas. Same. Like, (laughs) if I could do that right now. (laughs) Right. So they are now driving into Honeydale. They see a population sign. So there are 72 people that live in this town. And 95 million bees. Great. Yep. I love that number. They meet Harley at Harley's gas station. I so, hate him. Yes, he is the worst thing ever that I've ever seen. Uh, they hear him laughing before he even comes outside and introduces himself. So, like it's so dumb. It, yeah. I hate it. But he's just talking to them, and they're like, "We're on our way over to the, you know, the Bee in Your Bonnet Honey Farm." And he like flips a shit, like. He's holding a box, and the box just, like, falls on the ground, and whatever's in it, like, just falls out. It's all, like, a bunch of just weird machines and tools and stuff like that. So, like, it's obviously important, because it's zooming in on it. It's got a little logo on it well, and shit. and we later find out that what it is. Well, yes. Well, I don't want to talk about it just yeah. yet. But, like... It's clearly important, so yeah. like, ooh, suspicious. Um, but Which yeah, I didn't catch on that it was important until like the third time we watched it. Yeah, like I was just Probably like, oh, it's same, just, I honest. was like, oh, it's bullshit. Um, but Shaggy was one that mentioned the farm, and that's what made him flip his shit. And then he's just like, oh, y'all be careful, there's bees up there, and I'm like, man, you are so frustrated. And what does Daphne say that he thinks that? Oh, because she so. So then Daphne, like, is say, like she says something and, like, indicates that his name is Harley. Oh, because, like, no, that was uh, right before they mentioned the bee farm. Because he comes out and he's like, welcome to Harley's gas station. And Daphne's like, and you must be Harley. And he's like, how did you guess? And Shaggy's she, just like, he, she's, she's a psychic. She's psychic, yeah. <laughs> like, fuck, she might be. She's a double agent. We yeah. don't know that much about Daphne otherwise. So, so giant bees. Yeah, giant bees. We get over so, to the farm. Wait, so I I put out, like, giant bees. Shouldn't the government be here? Like, giant bees. <laughs> Seems like a bigger problem. Yeah. Than like, don't, the don't episode call, is making it out don't to be. Call, especially, like, because we find out that, like, NASA, NASA is here. Like, the government knows what's yeah. going on. Stop the like, bees. There's giant bees. Please help. Where's the military? <laughs> Like, send someone. It's just so dumb. They, I want to, like, when we're done talking <laughs> about this, when we reach the end of the episode, I want to come back to so many things okay. that we're going to talk about. Because okay. I just, this thing irritates me. So, we do go to the farm. Mr. Stinger is throwing them around. He's a very casual man. He doesn't sound like he cares about his job at all. No. I mean... You're doing NASA work disguised as a bee farm, so I mean... I fucking wouldn't either. I'm a scientist and you have me over here, like, farming bees. Right. Scooby and Shaggy get attacked by bees while trying to get some honey out of one of the boxes. Okay. So wait. So I also... Okay. So these little bees, right? These little bees... They're regular bees. Yeah, just just regular. Regular bees. Regular old bees. These bees can form into hands and, like, they can open doors, okay? So, like, now we know that these bees are, like, super smart. They have, like, a horde mentality, okay? A shared consciousness, yes. perhaps. Um, 
for so those, imagine, of, those of you who have read the Scooby Apocalypse comics, the nanites. They're just like the nanites. Yeah. Okay, so these bees can form into hands and open doors. Now imagine 95 million bees, they could overthrow the government. Like these bees, <laughs> 95 million bees are thinking together and they could do whatever the fuck they want. And instead they're just chilling, <laughs> making honey. I mean, they do stand up for themselves because, you know, Shaggy and Scooby did try to stake their honey. Yeah. And, yeah, they attack them and... Like, these bees are the defense system. And then Mr. Stinger... You don't Stinger... need military when you have 95 million bees. Mr. Stinger opens, like, the lid of one of the boxes and the bees just, like, go, go back, back in. into it like, on it, command. They're literally just, like, guard dogs. Like, Mr. Stinger is just like, guys, like, we're good. <laughs> Mr. Stinger's just like, guys, we're good. Like, hey, they're they're just come back into your home and they're like, oh, okay, right. sorry, Dad. So he's just like, those aren't the killer bees, because Shaggy and Scooby's still, like, flipping a shit over it. And they're like, they're not? And they're like, no, those, those are. are. And here come, like, five or six. I don't remember how many there were. They were so big. But they were, like. Bigger okay, than people. I would say that, collectively, they are the size of Scooby and Shaggy combined. Yeah. That's probably about the size of what these individual bees are. Yeah. So they show up. They start terrorizing the gang and stealing the, the beef boxes full of honey. Why? Because it has the fuel. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the fuel is in there. But, like, I'm also thinking to myself, like, isn't that kind of a health hazard to the bees? Yeah. Like, okay. I'm calling PETA. Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, so they start stealing the boxes of them. Uh, one of the bees threatens Scooby by sharpening his stinger. Yeah. And I'm just, like, thinking to myself, it's not a real bee. <laughs> so, like, what are you going to do? <laughs> and uh, Scooby and Shaggy join the rest of the gang who have hid themselves in a dumpster. Yep. It does work. They do manage to get in and not be found. Which, like, just in case you guys were wondering, that's not really how you get rid of bees. Yeah, um, don't, don't hide in dumpsters. No, don't hide in dumpsters. Bees will follow you in dumpsters. Uh, if a Also not hygienic, but, you know. <laughs> but, like, if a whole entire hive is chasing you for some reason... Uh, you run and hide underwater. Bees can't swim. So if you hold your breath long enough, they'll just leave. Thank you for the lesson. Yep, just in case. Just in case anyone is ever chased by a horde of bees that have a collective mentality. Yeah, not even necessarily, but just bees in general. Okay. They don't like water. (laughs) So they now try to follow the bees. They hop in the mystery machine and they go, activating their new radar dish and screen that they just have never used before. Okay, I have three things about this radar. Okay. First off, what is it radaring? Like... The bees. (laughs) But, like, (laughs) is it looking at, like, heat? Is it looking at, like... Blood? I don't know like, how what radar is it looking works. At? <laughs> I'm not a smart man. Okay, um, move on to your other points, please. So then, and then the bees suddenly disappear off the radar. And they're like, oh, where'd they go? So I'm thinking, like, oh, okay, they, like, disappeared or whatever. Like, maybe they're actually tracking, like, the maybe they put a tracker on one of the bees. And, like, they took off the bee costume. I don't know. So, but then they look up and the bees are right above them. They'd still be on the radar. It would just literally show them being on top of you. And your third point? I don't remember what that one was. You're just so mad. I'm just so irritated. (laughs) I hate everything about this. They managed to collectively lift the mystery machine. Okay. I hate that. Yeah. Um, They drop it, which (laughs) that was a bold move. (laughs) I don't know if that was on purpose or on accident because they're lifting a van that's moving. Um, but, but, when but it, they got balls. Like, because it lands on the ground and it instantly flattens all four of their tires. Yeah. And uh, and this is where we meet Sheriff Parker. Well, before that, I just wanted to ask, do they have any more of those king-sized donuts king-size from donuts. last week? Maybe they'll use a few dollars. But uh, yeah, they do meet Sheriff Parker now. So this is where we meet Sheriff Parker, who recently had her car completely stolen by these bees. Which we learn because she's been using the honey as fuel. Yes. So they're just tracking this this honey fuel, which I am claiming is lots of luck joy juice. Because it can make them fly yep. and shit. <laughs> yeah, because she said that she tried to use the honey like on her food. And she's like, shit that tastes like that, like, Mm-mm. no way that that's honey and blah, blah, blah. She ate it. Like, that's rocket fuel and she ate it. Well, I mean, she went to eat it and discovered that it was not honey, obviously. <laughs> but, like, but then how her far into her waffles did she try? But her, then her next inclination was, let's put this in my motorcycle. Yeah. 
she does say that she is like the law around these parts and she doesn't know about that honey farm. She's suspicious. Yeah. She's very suspicious about it. So like NASA, look out. Right. She's coming for you. Sheriff Parker. I don't want to mess with Sheriff Parker though. Sheriff Parker (laughs) seems like a badass. So they decide to go to Harley's to get, you know, the van worked on because, you know, all four of their tires are destroyed. And all four of the gang, Scooby, Shaggy, Scrappy, and Daphne, climb into her sidecar. Yeah. I'm like, um, no. No. Not how that works, guys. Excuse me, ma'am. <laughs> they go over to Harley's gas station, and something that we noticed, well, Shannon really noticed, and it Who's was kind the of- psychic now, Harley? <laughs> um, it was kind of cool, because it was very subtle. Like, I didn't really catch on to it until Shannon mentioned it. They came, and they're like, we need to get- you know, some work done on the van, and he instantly was just, like, flat tires. And Daphne's like, yeah, all four of them. Which at first kind of read to me as, like, Daphne, why is your voice weird? Mm-hmm. Like, why did you say it like that? And then I realized, because, you know, you kind of put it together, oh, wait, she didn't mention the mm-hmm. tires. <gasps> well, like, I thought it was just funny, because it was, like, Shaggy had earlier mentioned that Daphne was psychic, and mm-hmm. now it's like he's pulling it. So that's the only reason I caught on because I was like, "Who's psychic now, bitch?" <laughs> you didn't even like put two and two together no. otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> so I liked that when they arrived, Sheriff Parker called to Harley and says, "Hey, Harley, you laughing fool? Get yourself out here!" And he did. He came out. Hur, 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 I hur. just loved that you laughing fool. I hate Harley so much. <laughs> they end up. You know, getting Harley to work on the van, and they go back to the honey farm. They go inside of one of the the buildings, I guess, that's there, and they find tons of barrels of what turns out to be the experimental rocket fuel. Mm-hmm. And Daphne like made a weird comment, in my opinion. She was just like, "This doesn't look like honey making equipment to me." And I'm like, Daphne, do you know what honey making equipment looks like? Excuse me. And Daphne just makes this comment as if she knows what that equipment would look like. We don't know a lot about Daphne. She's double a agent. Du- yeah, she's a double, double agent. agent. Like, we don't know. So yeah, it is experimental rocket fuel. One of the barrels was just casually leaking. Yeah. Like, ni- nobody touched it. It's just leaking. It's like, this is fine. So Scooby accidentally like, lands into a giant pile of the barrels. And then he like, shoots off. It Yeah, it ignites the barrel, and now he shoots off into space. So, like, two things. First off, he's lucky he didn't die, just period. And also, like, landing in him and all of those barrels falling down should have made a huge explosion. I am surprised you're not butthurt about the gravity. Because, you know, guys, Shannon's all about that gravity now. Look, okay, when he went into outer space, he should have been crushed by the pressure. But, like, he wasn't, so whatever. <laughs> scooby now. So, Mr. Stinger shows up after Scooby comes back down to Earth. And he's just like... After he comes back down to Earth. <laughs> I mean, how else do you word it? I don't know. So, he comes in, and he was, like, about to, like, fight somebody. Because yeah. he thinks that someone, like, the bees are back. And Daphne's like, it's just us, Mr. Stinger. And he's like, oh, okay. He goes, did you find anything out? And she goes, well, yeah, we did. We found out you're running like a jank operation, bitch. <laughs> she like straight up confronted him. And yeah. he's just like, uh, I can explain. And like, like I said, when I had to leave early the first day that we watched this episode, like, I just kind of, yeah. I, I left and I'm like, oh, so Jonathan Johnson. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, no, but then the bees do come back. They fly through a random window, and two of them, in the entire antics of what happened, because I don't want to write and describe all of that shit, Mm -hmm. two of them just crash and headbutt each other, Yep. and they discover that there are humans inside these bee suits who are using jetpacks? Yeah. No, the the, the jetpacks would have set the entire bee suit on fire had they actually been inside the jet, like, but okay. Like, I'm also just thinking that the suits themselves have completely operational wings. Yeah. Like, I don't know if they can actually make them fly, but the wings are moving. Yeah. Like, they do look naturally moving. I'm like, so what's with that? Okay. Um, But they do decide to chase after the rest of the bees because they've grabbed a couple of the barrels of fuel as well as Mr. Stinger. Scooby and Shaggy, they, like, put on the the jetpacks. Scooby has his little Mr. BLT wig going on again because he's Mr. Do. And they fly off to chase them. And I... 
didn't want to write all the details. I just wrote antics and Sue again. So because the giant bees were trying to steal Mr. Stinger, the nine, nine million other bees uh, self-organized and defeated the giant bees and saved their dad. Didn't Scooby, like, accidentally release them or something? I think I, Scooby, I like, think crashed they, into like, a box maybe, or something, and then they just came released. I don't know. So a lot is, happened. Yeah, this is where we find out that, like, Mr. Stinger works for NASA. It's rocket fuel. He's going to give it to NASA. Like. And also, Sheriff Parker, like, just stops the three bees that are on the ground now. Yeah. And they're just like, oh, like, uh-uh. My bad. <laughs> right. Um, We do find out that the bad guy, the guy, like, the head bad bee is Harley. And he kind of just shook Shannon and I a moment. So he's so like, doing his little, like, his <laughs> laugh as if, like, oh, you caught me. And then suddenly he just goes full, like, 180 secret sinister foreign agent spy yeah. accent shit. And he's I'm like, my like, government oh, my will not be pleased. Like, it's terrifying. And Scrappy points out that the reason why he suspected him was because at the beginning of the episode when they dropped that box... When he was like shook about the the bee farm, it had a foreign spy type emblem on it, according to Scrappy, which was the same emblem that they saw on the jetpacks. So there you go. Um, and then also Daphne mentions the tire thing, you yeah. know, about how he knew about the tires being damaged before they even mentioned it. I didn't really have anything else to say about the episode. Like the biggest thing that I want to like go back and say is just like because so now that like everything's out. Mm-hmm. What threw me off about Harley is because this town feels very, like, old. Everybody, like, grew up in this small town. There's only 72 people who live yeah. there. Yeah. So how did Harley just, like, get in there? Like, has he been working at Harley's, like, gas station for, like, 72 years? And, he like, has a business. Yeah, like, he's a business small owner. town. And the thing is, it's not like he's the new guy there. Because even Sheriff Parker, like, treats him like... Like, they grew up yeah, together, Yeah, right. You like, know? she knows who he like, is. She's, she calls him a laughing fool. Like, they joke around together. Like, they know each other. They were, like, in school together kind of thing. Like, yeah. And then they like people know who he is. Yeah. And then they're, like, they're iffy on Mr. Stinger, who I feel like is probably more new to the town because he probably just opened up this giant bee farm, a.k.a. NASA. Also... Why isn't there any security? It's NASA. Right. Like, the only person we saw working on the farm was Mr. Stinger. And I thought, also just hate that his name is Stinger. But <laughs> I, I, I'm surprised we didn't mention that before, <laughs> but I also hate that. And, like, my thought is that, like, maybe these are, like, special bees. The 95 million little bees are, like, special bees that, like, do have a horde mentality, maybe like the nanobites. And so that's supposed to be the security. But even so, they're not very good at it because these bees have been around, like, stealing cars, stealing people, stealing rocket fuel, like... The bees are just chilling. Yeah, the bees don't (laughs) give a fuck until Mr. Stinger goes to get stolen. I'm also just thinking about how, like, you made the point of Harley having to insert himself into this society. Yeah. Kind of, like, how the villains in the Franken-Creepy movie had to do it. Yeah. You know, because they all had to, like make their own lives. Like, one of them became the mayor of the town. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, how do you... And, like, with small towns like that, you can't just kind of show up and be like, hey... Small towns like that are not that trusting. No. Like, no. Like, especially with 72 people, that means, like... That's, like, four families. Yeah. Like, that's literally, like... Like, there's, like, nine people, like, in your school, you know, in each generation, whatever. So it's just, like, it's crazy to me that he was able to do that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, it, I just, I, I'm curious as to how long he's been there. But I guess you just can't really say because we only meet three people who actually live in the town yeah. definitively. But lots of questions, I yeah. guess. So I will go first on my Scooby Snackometer report, Scooby Snackometer rating for this episode. I actually gave it a two. Um, I liked this one less than the Mission Undoable, but I also just don't generally like it. I don't know. Like, I thought it was interesting that the person who hired them did have something to hide. That was kind of interesting. Yeah. But it also just kind of threw me as if they're trying to make him a villain, too. And it's one of those just throwaway, oh, he works for NASA. Mm-hmm. Secret spies. It's kind of like that episode we watched the, I don't remember the name of it. The one with, when they went to Hollywood and Scrappy, like, wanted to be an animator. Oh, and yeah. And they, yeah. like, lost the secret spy 
NASA film stuff in the reel or something like that. And I'm just thinking, like, NASA's really sloppy (laughs) on their secret (laughs) operations and shit. Like, where's the military? (laughs) Secret spies are just everywhere trying to steal your shit. And you're just just hanging out. And they're coming close to doing it. (laughs) But yeah, I gave it a two. I just don't think it's as strong as the first one, but... Even the first one wasn't strong, so that says, you know, a lot for what this was. The mystery was, eh. The villains were cool, I guess, in concept. Like, I can't remember the last time I thought of giant bees in a Scooby-Doo episode. But I also just don't think that they function the way that they're supposed to. Yeah. I just don't like the jetpack angle. I don't like that they're able to lift the mystery machine. I don't know. I gave it a two. What do you give it? I gave this one a three. Okay. Um, I liked it more than Mission Undoable. Okay. Um, Why? I don't know. I like. I hated both of these. <laughs> Basically, okay, let me say this. Uh, I thought that they didn't deserve a one. No, we've seen far worse. Yes. Yeah, but far the worse. Low, but, like, I didn't want to give them anything more than a three. Because I, oddly enough, enjoyed last week's episodes more. Yeah. You know? Like, I didn't really love last week's episodes either, but... They were better than these. Definitely. Yeah. So, I mean, like, that was kind of my issue was I was like, I felt like they didn't deserve a four, but they didn't deserve a one. So, one deserved a three, and then I I hated Mission Undoable. So, I was like, okay. And that's how I got it. Okay. Well, with your two and three, and my three and two, we are averaging out our overall rating for Mission Undoable and the B team with a 2.5 out of 10 on the Scooby Snackometer. Woohoo. I just realized I don't have a fun fact because I'm not prepared. So I will actually give you guys two fun facts next week. You want to find one real quick? I don't. <laughs> next week we will be watching an episode from the 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo. Shannon, this is a series that we watch chronologically. So will you tell our audience what we will be watching? Next week, we will be watching Reflections in a Ghoulish Eye. (laughs) So speaking of lots of luck, Joy Juice, here we go. (laughs) Um, Here's a premise for this episode coming from Scoobypedia. While visiting a Moroccan paranormal convention, the gang has to stop a mirror demon. Straight to the point. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Uh, so if you guys want to let us know your thoughts on Mission Undoable, the B team, Reflections in a Ghoulish Eye, or anything Scooby-Doo related for that matter, you can find us online. You can find us on Facebook at That Groovy Scoopcast, on Twitter at Groovy Scoopcast, or on Tumblr at That Groovy Scoopcast. You can also check out our website, www.thatgroovyscoopcast.com, or shoot us an email at thatgroovyscoopcast at gmail.com. Also, be sure to leave us a really groovy review on iTunes or Stitcher. If you leave one of those reviews for us and email us about it, we may send you something pretty cool, like a sticker. I have a few of those left. We've got a lot of those left. No, I don't. No, No, I don't. How many do we have left? Like, I don't know. (laughs) I don't want to say, but guys, beat the others to it. First come, first serve. Let's go. And with that, we hope that you enjoyed that Groovy Scoopcast. Come back next week for Scooby Snack Build Time. Bye, guys. Bye.